Hello and welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture with the help of my friends, comedians, and nemeses. Joining me today is my co-human friend and maybe sometimes nemesis? Sam Killy. I'm glad I'm a sometimes nemesis. I mean, I thought I definitely would be after making you watch this movie. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, uh, mm. <laughs> so who are you and what are you doing here? Um, uh, my name is Sam Killy. I am a retail assistant for Lush Cosmetics. I have known Paul for 10 years now, just to make you feel old, Paul. Oh God, that is making me feel old. It made me feel old as well, though, so... Uh, that's okay. Ten years is a good amount of time to do things I think people. so. Definitely. Um, and we are here today to watch possibly my favourite movie from my childhood that's and my right. life. That's right! Welcome to Rocky's Horrible Scripture Show, the story of a young <laughs> preacher who feels called to travel oh, the country no. in a beaten-up old RV to spread the word of God. But he's oh, so no. bad at it, he ends up forming atheist associations <laughs> instead. Maybe he was never that religious after all? I mean, sounds like a movie I'd watch, but maybe on a true crime documentary. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't make him a crime man. <laughs> don't make him a crime man. This is a good and wholesome story about a man who's trying to do good in the world. I mean, well, Rocky Horror so. Picture Show, uh, which yes. is definitely... Well, I think it's not that. Is it that? I'm very confused. It's definitely not that, but it is, as we said to each other yesterday, very something. It's extremely something. Or at least, yeah. at very least, if it's not something, it's very. Yes. So, I, it's, it's the 1975 cult classic, and it's one yeah. of your favorites from your, you watch this as a child? So probably around the time we met, actually, I introduced myself to Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we should explain that I was a youth worker and you were one of the teens at the youth workplace. And that was 10 yes. years ago. And you've sort of you, you decided to keep in contact with me. And we sort of became friends uh, after five or six years after that, something like that. Yeah, well, then you found out I was in a sound engineering course and decided to come uni with me uh i was looking for one anyway and i was like oh that sounds like a good one i was previously unaware you talked it up and i was like well hey we went to the same university too i took my second degree there and uh now yes. we've been friends for a while too which you know life yes. is unexpected definitely in a weird and wonderful way so just like this movie i <laughs> one of those things is disputable but okay that's mm. <laughs> So, uh, I'm still getting to the point where, like, someone let a child watch... I mean, I guess child. You were, what, 14, 15? I was in my teens, yeah. Someone let a teen watch this. Well, okay, so... In primary school, we used to time warp all the time. And me being me, was like, Mum, where is this from? Oh, no. And she told me... And then I had a love for the actor Tim Curry because of Home Alone 2. I mean, of course. And the wild thornberries. Uh, I mean, of course. So I looked him up. I looked the movie up. Mm -hmm. I rented it oh, and no. I fell in love. I, I okay. Uh, it's all right. I, I feel like this whole episode, I'm just going to have to try very hard not to yuck your yum. 
so that's okay. <laughs> I just got a tattoo of him as Frankenfurter on my arm, so... Yeah, I I know that you have strong feelings about this, so I'm like, oh no, I might hate this, and you might hate me. This sucks. You know what? <laughs> I'm so okay with people hating it, though. Yeah, that's good. That's because good. I know it's weird. What's weird is I had not seen this for the 10 years that I've known you, and every time we talk, you, it somehow comes up and you're like, no, Paul, watch it. You need to watch this movie. I mean, it's a cult classic. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of the point of this show that you might be missing here, that I, I don't mm. consume media ever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I knew very little about this film going into it. I, I think I remember an episode of the Drew Carey show, like the old sitcom that he was in, where he, where they dressed up. The plot was they oh, were dressing yeah. up to go to a sing-along version. Uh, I don't I don't get sing-along versions of movies. Oh, they're fun. I don't think I've been to one, so maybe if I went to one, I'd get it. Yeah, I've been to a few. They're, but, they're good fun. And uh, But like having... Now having seen it, well, uh, we'll we'll see where we end up. So yeah. unless there's something you want to add at the front. Oh, I don't think so. so then, I think you have to go into this movie with an open mind is all I'm going to say. So open, part of it falls out. Yes. So yeah. fade in to 20th Century Fox logo, whose theme has been rendered in a sort of honky tonk musical theater piano <laughs> style, then some lips. Oh, let there be lips. Yes. Just lips. Uh, and just it's lips. Just lips and teeth for a while, singing a song about how cool science fiction is. Yep. Science fiction, double feature. Which is... Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. And they keep naming classic sci-fi films like, like Flash Gordon and Forbidden Planet, mm -hmm. which weirdly I haven't seen a ton of. Uh, most of my sci-fi is neither books. have I. Yeah, most of my science fiction has been books, so I haven't mm. seen a lot of sci-fi movies, question mark? Maybe I've seen more than I think I have, but certainly the old ones I haven't seen a lot of. Well, we need to fix that on both our ends. <sighs> Maybe. Uh, I do kind of miss how movies used to run the credits at the front. Like, this feels like a warm-up. Yeah. Like, I'm welcoming you into my living room. Yeah, meet meet these people, meet these characters. Yeah. This meet is these what lips. they look like. This is what the right lips look the like. Bat. That's right. And the here are the lips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is super creepy. Yeah. Uh, and in the cast, we have a scientist, a heroine. Yes, we do. A hero. Yeah. A handyman, a domestic, a groupie, a rival scientist, a creation, ex-delivery boy, and an expert. Yes. Wow, that's... All right. I, I love that they did that, though. We didn't know the characters' names yet. We just knew the actor and the role. I think I guess they tell us the name because it's like Frank Enferter, mm. a scientist. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know who this person is, but thank you for telling me the approximate role they play in the story. Yeah. So real fade in this time to a church where some people have just been married and this photographer is doing a very strange voice. Everybody go in line there. That voice. I I don't know if it's that's from his something. real voice I or if not. he's mimicking a character <laughs> oh god i hope not <laughs> oh, i'm dying water oh no water. yes please drink note to self when in the workshop put on a respirator <clears throat> yeah definitely no it, nobody worry i don't have the death i was just he doesn't sanding so looks like uh they've been 
I, I hope he's doing a voice. I hope he's I doing really a voice. I really hope so. Because otherwise that poor man's throat is just like that. Oh, God. And I hope it was one <laughs> take as well and he didn't have to keep doing that voice. Uh, yeah, well, uh, mm. look, uh, it's Susan Sarandon who caught the bouquet. And you know what that means? These two protagonists here have to get married now. Oh, yeah, that old-timey myth of whoever catches the bouquet gets married next. <laughs> yep, and it's also uh, time for a song about love in front of a graveyard where someone's put a billboard about how great their town is. Denton, home of happiness! Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know what... I don't know what they're trying to advertise or why they're doing it at a graveyard. Neither do I. <laughs> And also there's these two American gothic looking people in front of the church who are not very enthusiastic about being part of this song. No, but I will tell you one thing Mm -hmm. that I love. Before they break into this song and the car drives off, Mm -hmm. what it says on the side of the car is something to behold. Oh yeah, what does it say? It says, wait till tonight, she got hers, now he'll get his. Yep. Yeah, I so mean, let's, just in that. people drive off and like, I don't know how much you know about marriage, but normally when they drive off, everyone goes like, yep, they're going to bone now. Yeah. Yep, it's going to. I think that's pretty accurate. That's, a, that's what it goes down. Everybody knows. That's why they're there. You had a party to celebrate the first time you boned down. <laughs> that's, that's what the party's for. Oh, God. That's when the community gets together to say, like, that's okay now. We cur- we we no longer have any issue with you guys doing the thing you've probably been doing for a while. Oh, 100%. So, damn it, Janet, why would you involve us in this romantic song? Can't you see we're prepping for a funeral later? <laughs> right? What, like, and not just a funeral, but a children's funeral. Oh, Do you God, see how small that casket is? You're not wrong. I didn't even, I didn't clock that, but you're not wrong. Also, I quite like how the flowers are reversible. Like, okay, I uh, just turn that. the flowers 180. That's the two things we do at this church, weddings and funerals. It's the only two things. Standard. What's a Sunday? <laughs> uh, they actually built that church. Really? So they couldn't, they they just couldn't find, like, a nice little church that would be good for it. So they just built a little church. Oh, God, they should have gone to anywhere in rural Canada, because they just, they're everywhere. Tiny churches? Yeah, tiny churches. You can find all kinds of little churches. Yeah. A buddy of mine lives near the smallest Catholic church in the world, and it is approximately that size. Oh my God, I want to see this. Uh, Yeah, you can find it online. It's uh, it's not hiding. It has something like a capacity of 12. It's very oh, small. I mean, you know what? That would be perfect for weddings nowadays. That's all you can have. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's even more than you can have now. You can only have six. That joke is going to date. It's... This uh, This. This is recorded in 2020 when all of yes. the, the diseases are going everywhere. And we currently have Pandemics. a rule where people can't can't be around each other. Nope. Unless they're at school or at yeah. work. Yeah. Or at sporting events. Or if they're going shooting some grouse. In fact, there's quite <laughs> a lot of ways that you can get around that rule, but, you know, weddings? No, can't do that one. Yeah. So there's uh, an American flag in this church for reasons. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't know American stuff that well. Is it normal to have an American flag inside the church around the same level as the cross? Because that seems a little I'm... strange. I'm not sure, but then... 
America has some strange things about it. I guess they don't think it's strange. Maybe that's a real no. thing. And everyone's like, no, yeah, flag belongs there. That's fine. And if so, okay. I'm in. I, I part it, of their culture. Foreign person me, I was like, that's weird. I wouldn't put a Canadian flag there, personally. No, I don't. I wouldn't put a British flag. Mm-hmm. So no. after the song, we cut to a well-dressed man who promises to take us on a strange journey. Oh, the icon that is Charles Gray. I recognized his voice, but not his face. Yes, he he did a lot of voice acting, but he has one of the old style Bond villains as well. Oh, that's him, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he's got um, their wedding photos in a book, along with some police reports about them. Yes. And look, like it uh, looks like they're on their way to. Uh, mm, that was the wrong way to start that sentence. Looks like they're on the way to to visit Doctor Everett Scott, ex tutor, now Dr. friend. Doctor Scott. Doctor Scott. Scotty. You know Scotty. Scotty boy, you gotta so, go see. As soon as you're engaged, you have to go see your old science professor. I mean, that is the rule. Yeah, I guess. Or they just That's were the like, way it works. It's some amount of time after they got engaged, and they're like, "Oh, let's go see Scott." I think it's immediately after because he legit says it in the song. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, their spare tire is flat, and then there's a big storm happening. This is what the man tells us. And uh, yes. This would be a night they'd remember for a very long time. Cut to their car in a storm at night, listening to Richard Nixon's resignation speech on the radio. Yeah. and uh, Nice touch. It is a good touch. Yeah, I think so. So uh, there's there's quite a few motorcycles out tonight. Mmm. Three. I guess that's, I guess life's pretty cheap for that type. God, I love his mm-hmm. 1950s radio voice. Yeah. I love everything. Brad, I realized, might be one of my favorite characters for so many reasons that we'll explain as we get more into him. Oh, please do. Please do. Uh, looks like it's a dead end, which is weird given that that motorbike just came from there. And now. Where did it come from? Probably past that sign. It's a sign, not a cop. True. And now they have a blown out tire and their spare is flat. If only we'd had some sort of foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. Like maybe somebody tell us that that was about to happen. <laughs> tell, don't show, kids. Fortunately, yeah. they passed a castle back there in America. A castle? Yeah, it turns out this is Oakley. I, I was too curious. I looked it up. This is Oakley yeah. Court, which is a castle in Berkshire. So this was yes, filmed in is. the UK. And you can now get married there. Oh, wow. So guess where I'm planning to get married? Wow, that's something. I mean, I am. Well, they also do Rocky Horror Show days. I mean, wouldn't you, if you owned that property? That's a way to make money. Oh, 100%. So maybe they have a phone. I mean, not the place now, but like in the movie. Maybe they have a phone. And cut, maybe, maybe. Cut, I, you would hope so. Cut to a gate, which advises them that they enter at their own risk, plus a ton of castle thunder. You know, castle thunder. Yeah. Yeah, that's that effect that every movie uses when they want to use. Castle Thunder. Classic. Uh, cliche. Yeah, both things. And you know, you know what that means. It's time for a lovely song about how there's a light over there. <laughs> One of my favorite songs. Look, there's a light. I'm gonna make a there's three a minute light. song about how light there is. There's a light in a dome. Yep. There's a dome. Very on the pink dome. Yep. There's a very big dome on the castle. Yep. Quasimodo here sings along. Yeah, Quasimodo has a great part. Um, yeah. Cut back to... He has a great voice. He, 
yeah, we find out later what kind of voice he has. Cut back to I the, like it. Cut back to the dude in the office, uh, flipping through the book, showing us the approximate location of all our characters on a map. <laughs> Look, right here, I put some Sharpie lines across this mountain. That's where they went. <laughs> yeah. What's a road? <laughs> looks like I don't know. Looks like Brad and Janet took the wrong turn somewhere, and cut back to Brad and Janet at the front door of the wrong turn. And their plan is to ask for a phone. Good thing we had a song about it, otherwise things would be very confusing. Yeah. So the Igor-looking guy just now at the window, but uh, I think also back at the church? Is that the same guy? The the, the guy so, holding the pitchfork? Pitchfork. Yeah. I was going to bring this up, yes. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. <laughs> Who works at the church and also lives at the castle. I wonder why. Maybe they're planning something? I don't know that anyone's planning anything ever in this movie. <laughs> planning is something that doesn't come up a lot, I think. But uh, I think there was one distinct plan. I don't... I, th I know what you're referring to, but I disagree. I don't think anyone planned anything. Or if they did, they immediately said, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. So he opens the door to, I think, my favorite line in the film. Oh, hello. 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 Which, if you go see it in the cinema or on stage, before he says it, you shout, What's your favorite Lionel Richie song? Oh, yeah. Is, and is it me you're looking I heard for? So exactly. Got it. I heard someone shout Adele once, and I just gave them the death stare. <laughs> like, They're no, not wrong. It's Lionel Richie. There's also a song called That, which is called That. Yes. That's... They aren't wrong, yeah. but they're ruining tradition. <laughs> you know, traditions move and grow with generations, mm. and I think it's lovely that anybody yells anything out in the theater when they're supposed to, and not when they're not supposed to, because fuck that. That's the joy of Rocky Horror in the theater. Yeah. Only time I did that was when I saw the new A-Team in like 2014 or whatever it was, they made a new A-Team, and before yeah. the credits rolled, before the, it even started, the lights went down and I just went... Ba, ba, da, ba. Oh, yeah. And the rest of everybody just went, ba, ba, ba. So I you got like 100 to. people in a theater to sing along to something stupid. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll just go ba, da, 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 and see who joins in. Oh, you don't even do Menomina? No. You just go ba, da, ba, da? Because I ba, -da, mean, ba, -da. that's hardly traditional. No, same thing, though. Yeah, but that one My mouth move. wants to do that. That one's Menomina, and I feel strongly about it. Menomina, yeah. Do, 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 do. Clearly I get it wrong. Yeah, so uh, Brad offers to shake his hand and asks to come in to use the phone, and Igor-looking dude looks at them and says, You should come inside. And <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, thanks. You're sure what? Sure thing. You're what? Oh, um, she's yes. always wet. It's raining out here. She is. You're not wrong. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that is another call out. Oh, God, it is. I didn't notice. That's hilarious. There's more. Oh, no. This is why you're here, because you know this stuff. And I was just like, this is so weird. Uh, inside, it sounds like they're having a party. Ain't no party like a cobweb party. No. And this is definitely a hunting lodge for rich weirdos. 100%. So it's a party, a lucky party for the master. See, he's a lucky guy, and so is everyone else, according to this sneaky banister lady. The banister's lucky. The banister's lucky. Everything's lucky. <laughs> You're lucky. I'm lucky. Everyone's lucky. Hi! 
Oh, hello. My name's Brad Masters. How do you, it's, what do you do to this? So, reason I love Brad, he just goes along with it. (laughs) He's just like, okay, this is, this is happening now. All right. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I need to get to a phone. I'll do what I need to do. That's fine. I'm going to do what I need to do. Whereas Janet is just being a very unsupportive person right now. She is afraid for reasons that I can't understand. This She's scared, these strangers yeah. have let her into the house and they're yeah, they're having a party and they're a bit strange, but they, you know, they were out in the rain. And these strangers were like, Yeah, come inside, you're fine. Yeah. They did a I nice think thing I would for you. Go in. They did a nice thing for you. I think I would leave shortly after the time warp. I would yeah, I would oh no, I, I would want to wait and see what happens like Brad does. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. We'll get to there in just a moment, because you see, it turns out there's a dead body in this clock next to the copy of American Gothic on the wall. See, One from the vaults? Yeah. See, I'm now I'm sure these are the same people. Yeah. Uh, begin the only song I know from this thing, The Time Warp. <laughs> the only song anyone knows from this thing. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the sort of one that you hear if you've never seen the movie, which I hadn't, but I'd heard the time warp a bunch. Because of me? Yeah, mostly. I blame you. Uh, <laughs> you Riff- can blame me. Riff Raff, that's the Igor-looking guy's name. Uh, Riff Raff mm-hmm. has a surprising singing voice, given his hello earlier. Yeah. He just, he sounds like fucking Iggy Pop. A little bit. He sounds like some combination of Iggy Pop and like, Oh, the time warp! I'm like, okay, that's weird. And he like overpronounces <laughs> words like warp! Oh. Oh. Uh, you, you gotta love a bit of Richard O'Brien, though. <laughs> if you look very carefully, you can still see the tooth marks on the scenery. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, also, there's a room just full of uh, people I've described as cult members wearing sunglasses indoors Mm -hmm. and working on their choreography. Yeah. Hey, uh, Sam. Yes? How does one do the time warp? Well, Because I'm reliably informed that you have to start with a jump. A jump to the left. Ah, I see. Okay. Okay. And And then then a step to the right. Hang on, I'm taking notes. That's fine. Put your hands on your hips. Step to the right. Um, hands you nearly there. on hips. On hips. Okay. And bring your knees in tight. Bring your knees in tight. Now, are we are we putting them t- tight to the chest? Like, are we squatting down here? Or is this... No, so you're like standing up and you're kind of squatting. Oh, you're sort of kind and of you're squatting. kind of... Bowing your legs inwards. I see. So you go, you you, you look like you got reverse rickets. Okay. Yes, then, exactly. Um, okay. And, uh, and and then, and then so here what, comes the prick. At what point exactly do we cause Janet to faint? Uh, cause Janet to faint? Yeah. Oh, um, at the pelvic thrust. Yeah. So the pelvic thrust and then Janet faints because, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen so someone provocative. thrust their hips, but man, the first time I saw that, I just, I was immediately unconscious. <laughs> Same. That's what it does to Especially people. because uh, Richard, Richard Big Beans is the one of the people doing it. <sighs> so boy, does this song have some unconvincing accents. <laughs> oh God, yes. Uh, though some... Quite impressive lip sync, especially for 1975. 
Mm. Like they they sometimes get it mildly wrong, but it's yes. sort of I don't mind it that much. No. But yeah, sound guy to me, I'm like, ah, it's not quite. It's almost there. It's very nearly, and sometimes perfect. But you know, I, I imagine this wasn't a high budget movie. Like I imagine that at one point they were like, well, we don't have any more tape for the day. Film, you know what I mean? We don't have any yeah. more film, and you know how you know how much fucking a reel of film costs? A lot. Too much for us right now. So uh, Janet just... faints again, but it's okay. She's fine. She faints a lot. That's just something that happens to her. She gets overwhelmed and faints, and Brad is just like, "Really again? Mm-hmm. I'm so done with you." Yep. This uh, gold sequined lady person seems to be a vaudeville 1922 person. So they found her in vaudeville. This in 1922. No, <laughs> I wish. Mm-hmm. Um, the actress who plays the amazing Columbia is Little Nell, mm-hmm. and they found her working as a waitress in a cafe. Did she just she just talk like that? Because I'm going to make her fun of her just... voice more than once, and now I feel bad. She yeah, that's her voice. Oh no, really. So that's her singing voice. Yeah, that's how she performs. Wow. But I think that is her voice. So if I were just to meet her, she'd be like, Hello, how are you doing? I think I would love it. I think I would be taken aback for a while. And then after and then like a day or two, it. I'd be like, oh, I guess that's just how you talk. Yeah. So also, who let them put slapback delay on the tap dance? I don't know. Who allowed this to exist, Sam? Because it's a very impressive tap dance. It's a fun little tap dance. She does it very well. She's good at it, but they decided to put slapback delay on it, which is very jarring. It's loud. It's super loud. Who turned up the fucking bus? (laughs) Someone sent things to the delay bus and let the intern turn it up. Yeah. (laughs) That intern was just like, oh, a bit more. They were like, no. No, you must not. And then it got released. Yeah. They, they mixed down the wrong tape, and they were like, well, yeah. I guess it's in the movie now. So Janet faints again. Jesus. Someone get this woman a cup of coffee. Jesus, or a blood transfusion. Fuck. Uh, right. The sign above them reads the annual Transylvania Convention, so I guess they're all yeah. from Romania. Well, it would seem that way. Yeah, that's where that's where Transylvania is, on Earth in Romania. Yes. I'd love to go there. I haven't been either, and I know people from Bucharest, and I kind of want to go. I was hoping this past summer, but fucking 2020 sometimes. Yep, I would definitely... Transylvania is in one of my top places Mm, I want to go. Go hiking there. It looks fucking beautiful. Ooh, yeah. So, uh, also now everyone else faints at the end of the song. I think they more just do like a drag queen death drop, but not very well. Oh, is that what that is? I it looks like some of them are trying to do it, but my favorite is just some of them just fall face first. My favorite is that none of them seem to know how to dance, and that's kind of glorious because it feels like a party. Yeah, exactly. No one really knows how to dance at a party apart from Columbia, clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got another episode of something coming out maybe in November, and a note I made there is. It must be very difficult to look like you don't know how to dance if you do know how to dance. A hundred percent. Same with like singing. Oh yeah. It's hard to sing out of tune if you generally Mm -hmm. are trained to sing in tune. So Janet wants to leave because it seems unhealthy here. 
And Brad will do yeah. his best, but they do need to get to a phone. And Brad has also been here. He's been quite accepting. And he's probably very accepting. He's they're going, you know, it. they're probably foreigners. They're they got different ways than ours. I can deal with this. And I look at Brad and I say, you know what? We like Brad. We like we like I- Brad. Be like Brad. Be like Brad. These people have different ways. That's okay. They're not doing anything. And to all me. he wants to know is. Do they know how to Madison? I don't know what Madisoning is. I thought the first it's time I saw it. It's another type of dance. I, okay, I get that now. That makes a lot more yeah. sense than like, I thought he was asking directions to Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> and I'm like, are they in Wisconsin? Is there a castle in Wisconsin? I mean, you never know. <laughs> Can I have another excuse to say the word Wisconsin? Because it's a funny series of sounds. Wisconsin. It's fun. Yeah, to that say. is fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, who's on this elevator? What with the sparkly heels? Why, it's Tim Curry, of course. This terrifies Janet for reasons. Oh, I would just be like, when can we get married? Uh, well, Hello. Well, hi. Uh, this is Dr. Frank Unferter, a scientist. Uh, with a scientist. Immaculate makeup and a sick-ass cloak. Oh, yes. I want that cloak. Could probably make that cloak. I probably could. I mean, I actually have most of his costume. Okay. So he starts yeah. singing about his handyman and all, and also about how he's a transvestite from transsexual mm-hmm. Transylvania. Amazing. So, uh, quick check for for the clueless cis man in the room. Uh, transvestite drag queen. Well, it's. <sighs> It's tricky because I think that term has kind of phased out a little bit. Okay. Um, because obviously you have transgender. Yeah, because that one is pretty I think, clear to me. Yeah, solid in the ground. With transvestite, I would say it's more of someone who bends the gender a little bit more. Okay. So, so if you look at Frank, you kind of see this man. Got it. But very feminine almost an epitome of like oh no i am confident that in my manlyhood but i'm gonna dress like a chick okay so this is i think yeah i i could be wrong but i think grayson perry describes himself as a transvestite i don't know who that is but i trust you very famous artist uh sure i can look it up sure well i'd be interested to know because uh he also commits the cardinal sin of music sing talking oh i love it it is tim curry though so i don't mind it here i well you know and a lot of people know my love for tim curry knows no bounds i feel like this is just how he talks like he just sing talks that's the way he talks oh if he followed me around sing talking i feel like that's how Mm. he orders at restaurants (laughs) that would be beautiful hello I'm Tim Curry. I can't do his fucking <laughs> voice. I can't do... Nobody can do his voice. He has such a unique... Well, the Frank Inverter voice is actually very different from his actual speaking voice if you watch interviews. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, I'm most... I've seen him in Wild Thornberries, and that sort of... Nigel <laughs> ...is wonderful. I... Yeah. Nigel Thornberry's voice is forever part of my heart. Mm-hmm. So, via the medium of song, the good doctor agrees to send a satanic mechanic down to fix up the car, but not until morning. They should stay the night for, for a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's dark out, there's a storm. Yeah. 
You should. It's not safe. Uh, also, help me out here. Uh, back to the the trans thing. Are we looking at a male presenting drag queen or a female presenting person who doesn't give a shit about passing today? I would say he he describes himself as a man in the song. That's true. He also has so, people close to him who who he him him. Yes. So, so I, figure... I would say it's a male presenting in female clothing. Yeah. Okay. So that might be what transvestite is. Like it's yeah. an old, outdated word for drag queen, I guess. Except I'm just reading. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like an old term for cross dressing. Oh, okay. Um, like like before we cared about how people's feelings are. Yeah, it's it's an outdated term. Okay, yeah, maybe why I was sure. not familiar with it. And uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay, so also, uh, whatever whatever this guy is, gold sequence here is super into him. Oh yeah, uh, which we find out why later on. Do do we? Okay, so it's time to go up to the lab to see what they've got on the slab in the lab. On the slab. Yeah, slab. And uh, <laughs> they go, they see Brad and Janet shiver with anticipation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I think we did that uh, a little better than. I think, I think we did. Yeah. Two people doing it is good. Yep. So the last line in this little section is, uh, I think, quite a clever little innuendo. So maybe the rain mm. isn't to blame. I'll remove the cause, but not the symptom. I love that. Which I guess means they're going to take off Brad and Janet's clothes, but keep them wet, which is positively Shakespearean in its understatedness, I think. Yes, I think it's a great line. It's And I think Brad seemed to understand it, but Janet had not a clue. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, (laughs) Which we find out. (laughs) Very quickly, because they just start taking their clothes off. Not Brad and Janet, the people around them start taking Brad and Janet's clothes off for them. Yes. Which is... I don't know that it's cool to do to the... Uh, Brad mm. seems all right with it, I guess. But Janet's like, no, stop that. What are you doing? And they don't stop it. Yeah. I get a little red flags popping up in my head once in a while in this movie. It, and I'm like, ah, uh, uh, guys, no, that's not. Please don't. There is a lot of problematic moments in this film. <laughs> ah, one or two. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this gold sequin girl still has that weird nasal 20s accent. And I'm starting to get the... This, uh, they really did block this exactly like a stage play. Yeah? Yeah, like right down to the exaggerated dramatic movements. Like she has the clothes on her arm and just goes like, upward. Mm. And, you know, let me just stride off of here. And on a stage, when you're, you know, 10 meters away, it it works a little. You know, you need to have that exaggeration to communicate it over that kind of distance, right? On screen... It's very exaggerated, and it feels weird to watch. And I'm like, I yeah, it feels almost like uh, like high school theater. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which maybe was what they were going for. Maybe that's what they wanted. Well, I know in an interview I watched, Tim said that he tried to scale it down because he knew that he was going from stage to film. Um, but this is the first film he's ever he ever did. So Tim's is actually not that extreme. He play he plays dramatic, no. but like screen worthy. The rest of them are like throwing their arms about it when they go, ha, mm. they throw their head back and go, ha, as if to like 
as if we need them to do that in order to understand that they're laughing. Yeah. Which again, on a stage, we kind of do need that and it's appropriate. On film, it's like, whoa, that's a lot. I think it's also, I like the exaggeration in a way because it is such a weird, quirky environment that they've entered. Thematically here, I do agree with you. It makes it feel off kilter, which I think Mm. is thematically appropriate for where they are and what's happening. It should feel Mm -hmm. off kilter and strange. Because you notice that uh, Janet and Brad are not reacting this way. They're not doing the big dramatic motions. They're sort of, if anything, they're doing like subdued 50s TV Western sort of actions. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of do. So they go to the elevator and the handyman wastes an entire bottle of champagne. I think that's one of my favorite riffraff moments because he's like, oh, I've got to pour the master a drink. I'm going to take a swig and then I'm just going to drop it. That is... And all I'm thinking is... Such a waste. Poor Magenta. Because <laughs> she's the one who's going to have to clean that up. suppose so. But also, that's a fucking waste of really... Like, mm. maybe it's bullshit stuff. Maybe he drinks real cheap bad stuff. But still, I'm like, come on, man. Don't waste stuff. Yeah. Uh, also, here's a Willy Wonka looking room with marble statues and red cloth covering uh, just over random shaped objects. And the doctor here. Uh, Mr. Frank is wearing a lab dress, I guess? Kind of like a surgeon's coat, because when I was looking at this right, yeah. particular item for my costume, uh, I actually had to look into surgical jackets. That's like an old school surgeon's jacket, though, because these days yeah. they wear like a scrub. Mm-hmm. So that's old school. Uh, also just a red yeah. triangle on it, which, uh, Nazi thing? Yeah, it's linked to um, the markings that they gave LBGT people during the Holocaust. Well, it was a pink triangle for, oh yeah, it was different triangle colors for, oh god, that was mm-hmm. fucking gross. I hate that I have to know that. Yeah. Ugh. I'm glad that Not I know good. how evil they were, but fuck, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's in my head now. Uh, it makes you shudder. Ugh. Gross. So could I also say here, it's about, I keep getting reminded of the wild thornberries. And and I can't unsee this as just Nigel Thornberry doing all of these oh things. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's like Nigel Thornberry in stockings going, oh, it feels great. There is actually some memes like that. I now understand those memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor, uh, I'm just going to call him Frank. Uh, Frank starts yeah. addressing the convention. It's a convention, you see, via a mic on stage there uh, before unveiling his new thing. He managed to create a human. Oh, yes. And not like you normally create a human. He managed to create a human like in a like in a vat. Mm-hmm. A rainbow vat. Yeah, a rainbow vat. And see, uh, he holds the secret to life itself. And tonight is when his creature is destined to be born. So uh, yeah. he, here's my issue right now. They, they tell me he's okay. a scientist. Mm-hmm. What's his hypothesis here? What what is he testing? I I think he's testing the limits of creating humans. I see what you're saying to me, but I maintain that he is not a mad scientist. He is a mad engineer. Oh. He built this thing. He's not testing shit. He's going, this is the stuff that I think is happening based on prior research. And now I'm going to I'm going to fucking build a thing. I think I'm okay with that. He's a mad engineer. Most mad scientists are not scientists. They're not, like, publishing papers. No. 
They're not like pouring stuff into other stuff and going well, and then it turned green for reasons that we will pause it here. Mm. Welcome to our TED Talk. <laughs> anyway, this pleases the convention. Very much so. Time to unveil this uh, mummy-looking thing. <laughs> now throw open the switches on the Sonic Oscillator. See, normally, uh, Technobabble, I'm okay with Technobabble, but these particular words, they mean things. Things that are happen to be well within my wheelhouse. Actually, our wheelhouse, because we're both trained as audio engineers. Mm-hmm. So, if you would throw open a switch on something, what are you doing? You're transmitting power. No, 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 you're not. You close a switch to close a circuit. Uh, you open a switch to turn it off. You're right. So what he's just said is turn off the synthesizer in the sense of the musical instrument, the synth. Turn oh, off the no. oscillator. Then step up the reactor power input. So there's, there's some kind of transformer in there which changes mm -hmm. the voltage of whatever's going into it. And then there's one that says sonic transducer, which is just a microphone. Just sound. Or just a, a, like a, a loudspeaker also is a sonic transducer. Mm. It takes some kind yeah. of energy and either turns it into sound or from sound into something else. That's all it is. And then a triple contact electromagnet. And then something called Medusa. Oh, the Medusa, well, well as you know, comes into the movie later. Yeah, that, we find out what that does later. Kinda. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah, he just has a switch that does that, eh? So after mm. doing some nonsense on the nonsense machine, Riff Raff starts turning <laughs> this nonsense wheel here, which causes nonsense to spurt out of the pipes and lowering this uh, apparatus from the ceiling. Yes. There's another this fun word to say. Apparatus. Apparatus. Yeah. So this apparatus comes down from the ceiling. Yep. And then... Uh, and above Rocky. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, the, the, the mummy's name is Rocky. And then mm -hmm. they just milk the, the apparatus. Now, there's a reason why he's looking around so crazy. Yeah, so he's milking the apparatus. Just, yeah. just milk the apparatus until the dead rise. <laughs> oh, it is, it is a very much, like, living dead type of rising, isn't it? It's maybe a reference to something I haven't seen. Mm. <laughs> so as this Frankenstein I haven't actually seen Frankenstein Frankenstein yeah I've read the book and mm. like the book is mostly about an exploration of humanity through a thing that was created and not born yeah so it's have you read it because it's very good I haven't I have it though I recommend this this I do want to read it Paul you got to read it Paul Tober, like that. That's what I'm calling October 2020 on one for Paul. It's Paul Tober. Great. Yeah. Love it. I don't. It's awful, but I'm doing it. <laughs> so on removing the bandages from his face, he's uh, Rocky here is raised up upon the uh, the apparatus by acts. And starts to sing. Uh, so this less than a minute old infant in a man's body mm. sings his first words. The swords of Damocles is hanging over my head. And he's got the feeling that someone's going to be cutting the thread. This man is less than a minute old. How does he know what yeah. Damocles is? I have no idea. How is he speaking words right now? Just one thing about Rocky's singing voice, though. He's very good. It's actually an Australian singer called Trevor White. Ooh. So Rocky is completely dubbed. That is some very good lip sync. Yes. That is some impressive lip sync. 
I thought I, it was. I him. think it's so impressive. And yeah, Rocky's a model. Well, was a model. And the actor who plays him, Peter Hinwood. I couldn't tell. So I know, right? So that body, though. Um, so yeah, they cast him. His singing voice wasn't so great. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in steps Trevor White. <laughs> it's a very good voice. It is. But yeah, for real though. This uh, this thing is like thirty seconds old. And I guess one of those apparatus teats is an instant language serum. Either that or something else is going on up there. Yes. And is another one you can sing really well now serum? Maybe. And maybe a third one is send that to the delay bus serum. Because holy shit, (laughs) people keep just sending shit to the delay bus. Why won't you stop? Oh, this is oh, very no. annoying to me. I can see that. Uh, it's it's very 1970s. Like at that mm. time when they were like, oh shit, we have this delay effect that we can put on things. Let's put it on everything. Oh yeah, when you have something and it's new, you just put it on everything. You remember pop music from between 1998 and 2010? Yeah. Auto-tune everywhere. And now we just use auto-tune oh, yeah. like... Yeah, we'll use it a little bit where it's appropriate, and sometimes we'll use it as a creative effect because that's the sound we wish to produce. And I'm like, good, we've gotten past it. We're into the good part. Yeah. And the very next line, woe is me, my life is a misery. How does he already know that? I guess that thirty, that first 30 seconds is a real doozy, eh? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh my god, what is the going on here? The fuck is air? What the fuck this shit? You mean I have to breathe all the time? Oh my god. Why am I hungry? Put me back in the fucking vat. He hasn't even been fed yet. God damn. So it's just, so we got a song that's like, as he's unbandaged, revealing just an extraordinarily buff dude. Like buff by today's standards. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure 70s people didn't get that buff unless they were Bruce Lee. Oh, well I have a story about the next song oh yeah so we'll get there when we get there then but like this is uh this is clearly a master stroke of genius a triumph of will he's okay yeah he's okay frank of course is uh, not impressed by this compliment no no he doesn't like that compliment at all so he goes over to janet and brad and he's like what do you think i don't really like men with muscles well i didn't make them for you now did i honey Oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's... Mm. Mm. So here's a song about being buff, as the doctor unveils that all of those red clothes things around them were weights and, like, other workout stuff. Yeah, but we, presents. But weirdly, like, super light weights. Like, super light... I'm a weightlifter. Literally, I do Olympic lifting because that's what mm. I like to do as my sport, and I lift more than yeah. anything that they've got there. They look very small, to be fair. And I'm not even good. So, you know, I guess he's more of a calisthenics guy, though, and like gymnastics, because they oh, got the boy. horse there. The, 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 have you ever tried that shit? Mm. I've never tried it. I think we used to have one in PE oh, like in, in high school. Yeah. Those things are super I goddamn difficult. I, yeah, no, I knew like maybe one girl in my class who could do it. You knew a girl who could do that? 
They were unusually strong. Dang. They were very good at trampolining as well. Most women can't do that. <laughs> like most women have so most men can't she could do that. lift herself over it most men can't do that and like this is there's a reason that they don't have the women's section for this in the olympics because like it's hard to fucking do it it's all upper body they don't have one that's interesting it's like i maybe there's a bunch of women a lot who of do upper do body it. strength it's i don't know of too many who want to do it mm. so uh it's, it's i'm sure very she hard. could do it it's very hard I'm not saying I doubt you. I'm saying, man, that that lady is buff. Yeah, <laughs> she's very. I mean, impressive. it was in high school. She probably could just. She was so small. She could just lift herself up. Uh, potentially, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's an event that most uh, yeah. women are not attracted to because it's one like that in rings. Like, that's a super upper body strength thing. Mm, Another thing, I wouldn't worth, trust myself. You should try it because it's like you think you got shoulders, and then turns out, nope, no, you ain't got shoulders. Oh, I don't. I definitely don't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so here's the plan. Uh, have Rocky do a bunch of exercise, and in seven days, mm-hmm. he's going to be a man. Because he's got the Charles Atlas seal of approval. I don't know what that means. So Charles Atlas was an Italian bodybuilder. Oh. And he um, was used for an ad campaign... Um, and literally, this ad campaign says on it, what's my job? I manufacture um, men from weaklings to men. Oh. I can make you a man in seven days. Oh, I see. Got it. 15 minutes a day. So that's actually like, the song is completely based on this ad campaign that's... from the 50s. Wow, I'm glad you knew that, because I just thought this was a weird song where I'm like, is he talking about sex? Oh, well, a little bit. Because he's also talking about sex, but that's not seven yeah. days from now. That's like seven seconds from now, because at the end of the song, he, like, opens up a a boudoir, I guess. Mm-hmm. With bridal suite. A bridal suite, that's right. And that's not... Cr- like, <laughs> this thing is a minute and a half old. Well, actually, at the second part of this song... <laughs> Okay, maybe there's a part of the song that I was ignoring because to me it was like he wants to fuck what is essentially a baby. Yeah, kinda. That's real fucked up. Oh, very much so. But he he's looking at this thing as like a full grown man. I guess. Yeah. That's still creepy. Yeah. Still super creepy to me. He's basically made a sex slave, is what he's made. Yeah, he made himself a living sex doll. Yeah. You know, like the like those robots people make. Except those are robots. And this isn't mm. a robot, this is a person, man. No. So, oh no. He somehow made a real boy. Yeah. So, oh no, someone is coming out of the deep freeze. Oh no. And everyone is shocked except for Columbia, who is excited to see Eddie, played by Meatloaf. Oh yes, Meatloaf. He plays the sax with no reeds somehow. How did I not spot that? I play the clarinet. Oh, the thing has no reed on it. You must be super good oh at it to play God. it without a reed. Well, yeah. So now a song about how rock and roll is great, in which mm-hmm. he makes out with Columbia, a groupie. This oh. is uh, the lady with the weird voice. That's her name. And yep. everyone's happy and dancing. And man, Eddie is so great. I hope we get to see more of him. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Then the doctor kills Eddie with an ice pick for reasons. Which, the choice of weapon, really. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like, I saw other weapons he could have used. Ice pick is sort of a classic, though. Really? Yeah, ice pick is sort of a classic. Have you ever been around okay. a fucking ice pick? Those things are goddamn vicious. Oh, it looked it from the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had to break apart some ice. Before. Lot of blood. Those things are not. Fu- they're, they're axes. It's like a. It's like an axe and a pickaxe, but a small one, so you can swing it faster. Hmm. So. Uh, I mean, it works. It's effectively medieval weaponry by any other name, right? So. Yeah. yeah. It'll uh, take a dude apart. So this is definitely a horror movie, and this is where I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is the turning point when it went from a super weird, like musical camp style thing into like an actual movie <laughs> like an actual like maybe maybe the plot happens now maybe this is when the plot boy happens. were you wrong no, I, he, mm, turns out so <laughs> see this was a mercy killing he had a certain naive charm but no muscle he was just one from the vault he was just a dude in the vault because i guess the rocky here wasn't the first attempt at this oh that's what we think so uh no one is concerned with how they just watched a man be brutally murdered, especially not no. Janet, who joins in the song. No, because she's a muscle fan now. I guess she's super into muscles now. Like, it only took seeing a guy murdered. Yeah, after you see a man murdered, it's like, well, you know what? Inevitably, I enjoy muscles now. Yeah. That's just what happens. It's uh, nature. Mm-hmm. Cut back to voiceover man, who seems similarly unimpressed. Mm-hmm. And he informs us that Brad and Janet are increasingly apprehensive and that they're shown into their separate rooms. Then we cut to Brad and Janet being set, shown into their separate rooms while appearing apprehensive. Thanks, voiceover guy. <laughs> I love him, but <coughs> what it is does he so accomplish? Literal. I don't Why know. Why is he there? Doing... You could have maybe done it without him, but on stage, he adds a lot. On stage? Okay, I could see it being a welcome little break. On screen, what is he doing? I don't know. And when we finish, I'm going to talk a bit about, like, what it's become. (laughs) So cut to, uh... So I guess Office Man... Look, I can't get over Office Man. He's just... There's no reason for him to be there. I'm glad he's there, but there's no reason for him. Could they... They spent film... They spent film on this man. (laughs) Janet's room is lit entirely in red, and she's sort of sort of shoved in there. And also, there's a security mm. camera which she knows about in there. Yes, she knows about the camera, mm-hmm. so it can't be very well hidden. So Brad is similarly thrown into his room, but the light here is more sort of natural blue. Oh, gender stereotypes. Yeah, I guess so. And later that night, uh, Brad enters Janet's room and gets into bed with her. Yep. Yeah. Although. It's not Brad. Afraid not. <laughs> Afraid not. Nope. 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 You see, uh, what what Frank is doing here, because it is Frank, is sexual assault by deception. Yes. Which, uh, again, not cool. But, you know, to recap here, just let's see what Janet's reaction is here. Janet just saw this guy kill a man with an ice pick, mm-hmm. you know, covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, order his flunkies to uh, clean up the mess. And, and yep. then... Uh, he, she watched him fuck a minutes old, minutes old clone, mm-hmm. and now she agrees to fuck him because the movie one hundred percent understands women. 
I think. Is this a woman? We think. Is this a woman or is this like a reason to get Sar- like Sarandon into underpants? I don't know. I mean, the way I watch these scenes is I'm like, okay, there's something about Frank that people are so enticed by that he can literally get anyone into bed, right? I will say he didn't get them into bed. He just showed up at a bed they were in and was like, right. Yeah. And like, but they go along with it because it doesn't take much persuasion on his end. Yeah, Janet, again, I'm like, why is she? Because she feigns almost, it it comes across as if she's like, I should say no because I'm in a relationship with the guy who's sleeping in that other room over there. Yeah. What have you done to Brad? Nothing. Do you think I should? And on stage we shout, what hasn't he done? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, It's the call and response that I'm like, this is a shibboleth that I'm not, I don't have been inducted into. I don't have been inducted into this. (laughs) You don't have been. I don't have been. No. English. How do you? So, uh, meanwhile in the lab, Riff Raff and Magenta are cleaning up the mess from the murder. You remember the murder. The murder scene, of yeah, course. Yeah, just now. Uh, looks like their idea of fun is to wake up and then threaten Rocky with the candelabra. Because they're jealous. This is, this is definitely a reference to something, I don't know, because it's it's super differently shot to everything else so far. It is, isn't it? Okay, I don't know what it's a reference to. Is this another Frankenstein? I don't think so. It's a something. Anyway, fortunately, Rocky escapes by tearing his chains off of the bed frame. Turns mm. out he's kind of buff. Who knew? if only there'd been some sort of foreshadowing that he was kind of buff (laughs) though to be fair it's not even foreshadowing it's just constant shadowing look at this man's body yes he can tear the fucking wooden frame apart jesus dude's got lats like a fucking manta ray so (laughs) riffraff and magenta start making out Mm -hmm. okay that's they're into each other i guess and then cut yeah, they're into I, it. Sure. Cut to Brad's room, where Janet comes in to exactly the same shot to, to Janet's bedroom earlier. Turns out it's actually Frank. If yeah. only there'd been some sort of foreshadowing. Oh, Jesus. And then they do the exact same scene line for line. And I actually prefer Brad's version. It was played better. It was played better. And... This is another reason I love Brad, because I think loads of people would go into this assuming that Brad is a straight man. And when he first sees Frank, you kind of see his eyes like, okay, I'm not bothered by this. Mm -hmm. Well, he goes along with a lot because something about this whole thing is enticing him. I think he believes as well that he's straight or believes that he should be because 1975, let's... Exactly. You know, when was uh, homosexuality made it? Unillegal in the UK again, like eighty four or something, something like that. Yeah, we yeah. are ten years before it wasn't a criminal offense to love whoever you want to. Yeah, and I think me watching this as a young queer person, mm-hmm. I saw this guy being like unapologetically like, "Okay, I'm into a guy now," and I was like, "Oh, oh, you're allowed to do that? Cool, great. Mom, are you allowed to do that? Yes, dear. Oh, okay." <laughs> I was like, great. And that's what annoys me, what happens later with Janet. I, I'm annoyed on the basis that 
Brad seems to have total agency over what's about to happen, whereas Janet seems mm. to have very little agency over what happens. That's the part where I'm like, all right, that feels weird to me. Like, Brad's one seems legitimately like he was persuaded, and he didn't need much persuasion. Janet's one felt no. like she was coerced, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> A little bit. And is that on the acting style? Because it is exactly the same script. Mm, mm, maybe it is the acting style. Or maybe I'm reading into stuff based on the gender. Or maybe it's the performance maybe. specifics. I, there's something subtle about it which makes it feel different to me. Mm. And I wonder how much of that is me reading it and how much of that is the thing communicating. You know, art. Art sometimes is art. And it's it's hard yeah. to figure out where one ends and where I begin. That's what I'm learning through all of this. True. So, yeah, Brad's kind of into it. And again, he just watched mm -hmm. this dude slaughter a man with an ice pick. So this movie definitely 100% understands uh, how men work. So <laughs> the only thing left to do is get down to business. See, Brad's even yeah. wearing his business socks. Of course. But before they can get to even cursory negotiations, Riff Raff appears on the nearby screen and informs the master that Rocky has escaped. Rocky is loose. Rocky is loose. Uh, I guess it's not that pressing since they continued producing business discussions. Mm. With the socks on. Yeah, they continued. He yep. was coming. Yeah, I guess so. He, he was on his way, for sure. So, <laughs> cut to a visibly upset Janet, intercut with Rocky running away from some dogs outside in the rain. Mm -hmm. Turns out Janet is now super upset that she cheated on Brad. And she goes mm -hmm. back to the lab for some reason. I don't know why she ends up back there. You're in a castle, but maybe that's really one of the only rooms that she knows where it is. I think that's one of the only rooms they made a set for. Probably. So then I guess uh, the only thing to do here now is to throw herself theatrically at some props. <laughs> And then watch the nearby screen where she sees Brad smoking a cigarette while in bed with the doctor. And she goes, oh, Brad, how could you? See, and this is where I get angry with Janet. I mean, the same way you could, Janet. You remember just now yeah. when you did that exact thing that you, you were crying just, about? You just did that. And what I wonder is, would she react the same way if on the screen it was Brad with Columbia or Brad with Magenta? I didn't get that necessarily. I got more that this whole situation has been nothing but upsetting to her the whole time. And yeah. she's reacting in ways that she wouldn't expect or want herself to react. Mm. And that's upsetting to her. And now she's watching the situation with someone else and she's like, oh, fuck everything. <laughs> so she's, I, she's just... Emotionally, I sort of get where she's at, but she's still a yeah. hypocrite, right? Oh, definitely. She's a slut. I think that's what she realizes next, as she notices that it's Rocky in that uh, thing he was born in. And then he, he he's crying under a sheet in his tank there, and Janet dresses his wounds by undressing herself. Yeah. Then I guess uh, she feels like this won't be cheating on Brad because, you know, they're uh, they're even they're even now or something. Because she's super even into this buff baby. Even though they were already baby. even. Yeah, they were already even, but now she's super into this buff baby. Yeah. So after Office Man telling us about how emotions work, and also he tells us that Magenta and Columbia are watching the whole thing go down, and then we see Magenta and Columbia watching the whole thing go down. Thanks, yeah. useless man! 
I still don't know why this dude's even here. <laughs> so it's been a while, I feel, since we had a song, and it looks like it's time for a song about how she never thought sex was good before, and now it turns out the sex is really fun, and now she wants yeah. to fuck everyone, including and starting with this buff dude, who, again, is like three hours old! Yeah, he's about three hours old at this Maybe point. Maybe Frank yeah. knows different, but she doesn't. No. She thinks that this is a three-hour-old thing that she's fucking now. So this is intercut again by Magenta and Columbia perving out mm -hmm. together while watching uh, whatever's going down and uh, putting on nail polish on each other, I guess. I guess that's what was happening. I I kind of love that little, like, relationship they show with them, though. They're kind of sweet together. They're, like, super Yeah, they're really lovely with each other. Yeah. I like friendship. Friendship is great. Yeah. Cut to the doctor. Uh, cut the doctor, Brad, and Riff Raff in the elevator as the doctor just whips Riff Raff for letting Rocky escape. How could he? Like, viciously, too. Yes, he's very angry. This isn't like theatrical whipping. This is like he whips that actor. Oh yeah. Like the dude's maybe, got bruises. Maybe Richard was like, Tim, for this to work, you've just got to do it. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So also looks like they have a visitor, which is a dude who Brad and Janet were supposed to be visiting earlier when their car broke down. You remember that thing that brought them here, the car? What a coincidence. Huh. So Dr. Everett Scott. You know this, Arthlin. Oh, shut up, dude, about the alien. Oh, okay, okay, I guess they're aliens now. <gasps> yes, they're aliens. <laughs> of course. How foolish of me to assume otherwise. How how did we not see it coming? If I only mean... there were some kind of foreshadowing, and this time I mean it. Yeah, there is literally no indication of this, to be honest. They're just aliens now. They're just aliens now. For reasons, and uh, oh, looks like Doctor Frank here, and he's suspicious of Brad because, like, well, you knew dang well if you know this guy. Brad just told you he knows him. Why would he do that if he thought was there was a conspiracy? Oh. The fucking like, you're, for a smart guy, he's pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. So, but yeah, it turns out the Frank here doesn't like Scotty, the wheelchair doctor. Mm -mm. Uh, turns out the Scotty here is investing UFOs for the FBI after a career working at a high school as a science teacher. Unless that was cover. <laughs> I guess. Uh, also, I guess they don't lock their doors since Scotty just no. rolls in. And he's in the Zen room. <laughs> yeah, which definitely has a number of uh, marijuana cigarettes in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, as a Canadian, I'm like, this is legal now and has been for years in Canada. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even register to me as anything anymore. No. And I'm like, oh, right. 75 people were being sent to prison for 10 years for this bullshit. Yeah. Ugh. So fortunately, Frank has a MacGuffin for every occasion. This time it's a magnet. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, the magnet is powerful enough to drag the wheelhouse, the wheelhouse, the wheelchair through the building and up the stairs and around the sofa where Magenta and Columbia are reading a couple of times and then up to the lab through the wall and then down a ramp. And uh, as he comes down the ramp, there's some jet engine sounds. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> So, uh, I estimated how much, how the fuck much magnetic flux would you need? A lot. I don't know of a magnet. MRI magnets can't do that. Those things are like several Teslas of fucking flux. I... 
like the entire power grid in one place, I guess, might do. That's a lot of fucking. All right. Anyway, that's a lot of power. Yeah. But you see, what we're ignoring is that it is a MacGuffin. Mm. What do you mean physics? They're aliens. They probably got alien shit or something, right? Oh, yeah. You know, like got that, alien shit. Like that oscillator. That's <laughs> just... Sonic oscillator. Oh, you know, like the Sonic. O- you know that one that I have 50 of in this like circuit here that if I play the C note, it creates a C. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Look, Jesus. It's time for sitar and tabla fast forward Benny Hill motion time. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I don't even need explanations anymore. I think I got what this is. This is just people got high and wrote a script. Um, yeah, Richard O'Brien, you know, he had a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. He wrote a great script, made a great play, and then it turned into a movie. So, so see, Dr. Scott here is here to find Eddie. You remember Eddie. <gasps> Eddie? Eddie, the guy who Frank killed with an ice pick? Yeah, yeah. Eddie. He's here to find the ice pick killed men. So, so shocked is everyone that even Janet gasps. Wait. Oh my god. Janet? Dr. Scott! Brad? Rocky! <laughs> And then they just keep saying each other's names for like. I a think minute it and a happens half. about five times. And yeah. then every time Rocky's name is mentioned, he just looks over dramatically and doesn't say anything. My favorite thing is in the stage show they actually give Rocky more lines. I... And the last Rocky, mm-hmm. like he just looks at Frank and shouts "Shut up!" and storms off. I prefer He's this way. So dumb. I prefer him going like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> He kind of looks a bit like King Kong in a weird way, or Tarzan. I think the makeup does a Tarzan a bit. It gives me Tarzan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's the naked man thing. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the other naked character who's allowed to be naked because he's a jungle man. Yeah, Tarzan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it turns, you remember that she was having sex with the muscle baby who was yeah. created to be a living sex toy for Frank? Yeah, that's what's happening. And then uh as as they're about to So Frank just threatens to kill Rocky, I think. Mm-hmm. I created you and I can unmake you. And then Magenta just arrives with a gong to announce that dinner is prepared. Wouldn't you love that? That's how your dinner is announced. I would love that for like the first day. And and then you'd be like, I'm like done. day five, I think I'd be like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Magenta. I think that's it's quite enough. Do you have to do the gong every... Yes, I do! And not only the gong, but in just full-on lingerie as well. <sighs> like, costume change, okay. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, see, because they don't need to be... They don't need to dress formally for supper tonight. Considering the circumstances, yeah. no. Yeah, of course, considering the circumstances. That just means everybody shows up in their underpants. Yeah. Cut to uh, telling us what's about to happen, man. <laughs> Looks like they're. Oh no! Yeah, it just tells us that they're about to eat. That's the yeah, reason this scene is here. Much. You know what's fun about eating? People eat sometimes, and then the eating's important to culture. Here's mm-hmm. the here's them eating, and that cuts to them eating. This is Rocky's first ever like experience eating. Yep. I think, yep. which is interesting. And they've served a lovely roast ham, it looks like, which Frank carves it looks great. with some sort of tiny chainsaw. Yeah. 
I had to look this up because I didn't believe this was a real thing. This was a popular, like, labor-saving device in the 70s for cutting turkey and stuff. Oh, my mom has one. You can still get them. Are you sure? Because, like... Yeah, we use them every Christmas. You're kidding. Huh. I've never seen no, one in person. a carving knife. Yeah. To me, they're, a carving knife right. is, like, a knife rather than yeah. a saw. I don't want to saw at my meat. It works pretty well, actually. Oh, I'm sure. Chainsaws are real good at removing material very quickly, which is why I'm like... I wouldn't want a chainsaw to be doing this job because it's going to spray turkey everywhere. Mm. I would prefer to cut with a knife, which is a nice, like, anyway, I got, I got opinions about cutting tools. Weird, right? For a woodworker. Yeah. So, uh, nice set design touch here. Everybody's table setting is very slightly different. I really like it. I like good set dressing. Uh, Professor Scott's is mostly backwards, like the, uh, spoons and knives on the left sort of style. Mm. And uh, Rockies is just everything's upside down and backwards. You know, you're supposed to have all the forks lined up, but there's like a fork, then a spoon that's upside down, and then one that's up like back to front. And then there's a little paper plate, just a colorful paper I plate next to him. I'm looking at this, and in my mind, I'm picturing like Riff Raff and Magenta setting the table together. Oh, yeah. And then arguing what's the correct way, because obviously they'll have their alien oh, way. yeah. And then the way that they've had to adopt on Earth, and it's just become this mishmash of it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, the times I've seen different place settings are things like, um, I was, have you seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi? No. It is a documentary about a dude who runs the only three-star sushi restaurant in the world. Wow. And it follows his sort of life in his restaurant, whatever, and he'll say stuff like, well, when I have somebody comes in who's left-handed, I make sure that the first course is to their immediate left, because when they pick up their sticks with the left hand, that's where they want to go naturally. Mm. So, either they are spectacularly good uh, restaurateurs who <laughs> just love every detail about their stuff, or... They just saw a picture somewhere and were like, I guess that's how you set a table. You put some of the stuff on the left and some of the stuff on the right. Yeah. They're not having six courses. They don't need six forks. They're having no, one, they're I... having one course, maybe two. There seems to be a salad here. Mm. So this is a tense meal. A very tense meal. The tensest meal I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Brad and Janet now know on no uncertain terms that they both cheated on each other. Mm -hmm. Janet twice. Once a cheetah. Yeah, once uh, one of those times even without coercion. Yeah. But she instigated that second one. That mm -hmm. whole song was about how she wants to be dirty. Oh, yeah. So I guess this is her awakening through that song. We didn't really cover it, but it's like she, her awakening is, yeah, I guess I'm a slut now and I'm okay with that. She She kind of realizes that she's been, I guess, trapped in a way mm. in this like marriage before sex life yep and that's not who she is and that's not who she wants to be suppose not uh frank is upset that rocky cheated on him i guess again the dude is like five hours old or something at this point maybe don't blame the dude you know yeah i guess he also knew who democles was though so i mean who am i maybe he <laughs> does know maybe am i expecting anything to be reasonable in this movie at this point uh, no, right. because the movie is just, 
it's kind of a mismatch of loads of different storylines and it could go in any which way you want it to. Including all of them. I feel. Including all of them, exactly. All at once. Because what have we got already? We've got sex addicts, murderers, and, well, aliens now. Yeah, it hasn't really been developed, is it? They just sort of said they're aliens. No. And no one picked up on that. Not really. Uh, Riff Raff wastes perfectly good wine by spilling it all over the table. Of course. I'm starting to think that they are not Jiro levels of restauranter. No. Uh, then they're not a michelin star no i don't think they even have one michelin star between them (laughs) no definitely not i doubt that very much uh then they sing happy birthday to rocky uh and the end is interrupted by frank yeah uh scotty asks about eddie and i guess frank implies that they're eating eddie right now oh yes because not only are they aliens but they are also cannibals well if they're an alien then they're not a cannibal for them, it's like eating a cow. That's true. I didn't think of it like that. But Rocky's but they... a human, and he doesn't understand Rocky... implication because he's an hour old. Yeah, so he Rocky's just keeps a eating. human. Columbia is a human and is like, I I need to go. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Columbia's a little upset by this because uh, having your lover killed in front of you and then cooked and fed to you is actually Shakespearean levels of awful. It's it's so bad. <laughs> it's literally Titus Andronicus. Oh wow, yeah. Have you read it or have you seen Titus Andronicus? Because it is that. No, but I know I know the brief story because obviously I studied drama. Yep. Yep. It's so... uh it's Shakespeare's Tarantino face. <laughs> oh god. So as Dr. Scott accuses them of being aliens, which, you know, yeah. Uh Frank implicitly accuses Dr. Scott of being a Nazi. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How much do you know about this? Because it was a real thing. The, oh, Dr. Scott being an artsy? Uh, not necessarily Dr. Scott, but in 75, it uh, the, uh, after after Second World War, a lot of Nazi scientists were moved and relocated to the US, particularly. Oh. So, like, the same motherfuckers who were making V2 rockets and designing them to bomb London were the same motherfuckers mm-hmm. who sent people to the moon shit same people yeah i didn't know about that yeah yeah same people there's a lot of two degrees of nazi going along in a lot of science in the second half of the 20th century Mm. and it's not to take any way thing away from it because they did in fact make the rockets that went to the moon but like if you were an expert in rocketry in the 1930s and 40s think about it right yeah so when he says or should i say dr von scott he's in the reason that's the buddy gets real upset about this like what exactly are you implying are you implying that he was a fucking nazi and that is Mm. exactly what he's implying yeah so fun fact for the day wow yeah it's also among the reasons the u.s grew so fast after the war because a lot of the scientific and technical and engineering talent from germany moved over to the u.s yeah and they were encouraged to so yeah so uh it's time for a happy song about how awful Eddie was. Oh, God. You remember Eddie? That guy who showed up, sang a cool song, and got killed immediately with an ice pick? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they sing a song about how awful he was, and then Frank pulls away the tablecloth, revealing a pile of meat. <laughs> Not just a pile of meat. It's a pile of Eddie meat. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Eddie chopped up. Yeah, it's meat that used to be Eddie, by which I mean, like, there's a nice, healthy-looking slab of bacon in there, and I would, I'm kind of hungry now. 
They just, Jesus. They just bought some meat and threw it in a pile. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what the prop is. Yeah. So like pretty much. I guess in the uh, I guess they didn't actually eat him cuz here he is or there's a chunk out of him maybe that they did. I think it's got to be like I was this is going to sound a bit weird. I was actually trying to figure out what part of the body were they supposed to be eating. Uh, if that's a ham, it would be like the butt and upper thigh. Yeah, so, right? So I was like, okay, so it's got to be the thigh Either that area, or the shoulder, I guess. You can make a ham out there. of the shoulder. But normally it's the hawk, so. You know too much about cannibalism and no, meat no, no. cuts. Ev- listen, every mammal is fundamentally similar, right? Mm, Frankly, true. every vertebrate is fundamentally similar. So if you got a cut out of a out of a cow, you got the same cut out of a pig, you got the same cut out of a lamb, you got the same cut out of a human or a monkey. It's the we're all fundamentally got the same parts, just arranged different. Mm. Right? So, you know. Yeah. Like the like a horse, same thing. Like the horse's hoof is like they're standing on a fingertip. Oh. That that hoof is like a single fingernail that like got evolved to be real big and strong. Yeah. Nature's fucking weird, right? It's so weird, but so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also I know a bit about butchery, so I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably a ham bit. Because it looks like a ham to me. It looks like ham, Probably because the prop they bought was ham. Probably. So, uh, horrified, Janet runs into Rocky's arms, and this causes Frank to become super jealous, so he attacks Janet to more jaunty music about how Janet needs to wise up. Gotta wise up Janet Weiss. And one of my favorite lines, your apple pie don't taste too nice. Having just sampled her apple pie, I imagine that's uh, quite quite a Accurate. difficult thing to hear for her. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, they, chase, they chase her up there, and uh, they, he traps her, Frank traps her with a sonic transducer, which, again, let's remind ourselves... Is just a speaker or a mic. It's just a speaker. Yeah. So, oh, uh, but this isn't real life. This is the seventies. So this, yeah. uh, this sticks their feet and wheels to the floor. And here, more actual comprehensible tech babble. Uh, an audio vibratory physiomolecular transport device. Oh, Jesus. Break that shit down with me, okay? So it's audio, so there's sound. It's vibrating. Yeah. Okay, that's what sound does. Physiomolecular, so it's moving some molecules. Transport device. Yeah. So uh, this is described something which moves matter with sound waves. So a loudspeaker. But what they describe it as <sighs> is something that can move through space and time. Which is also accurate, because that's what sound does it moves through space and also forward in time at a rate of one second per second do you think the sound people on this movie were just dismayed angry i I imagine some combination of dismayed and amused which is where i'm at i i think i would be laughing my head off i'm laughing at the people who don't get this and going like okay yeah that's that's funny i think i probably didn't get it for a long time and then obviously well, now that you're actually a sound engineer, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, hang on. I don't use it, but I have the qualification. <laughs> you're still good. I get, I tell you, you're very good tech. Trust me. Oh, I, I you. trained you for the first little bit. You're very good. I'm better at lighting, I'd say. You're also very good at that. I haven't seen your current work, though. I haven't done any lighting in a very long time. No, that's fair. 
So uh, this part where Frank uh, feels her up while she's stuck to the floor, that is such a creepy. Yeah. Look at the creepy man. It's very, um, it's not okay. She does not want this. No. She's not even allowing herself to be persuaded this time. She just starts punching the dude. This is why I feel every woman needs to learn how to fight, like actually fight. Because then if something, God forbid, some situation like this happens, you break the fucker's nose. Oh, yeah. You know. But uh, this upset me a lot, which I guess is the point here, because we're not supposed to like Frank. We're not, and for some reason I do. He's a bad one. He's a very bad guy. Turns out Frank here can turn people to stone. I guess that's the Medusa thing, which, to be clear, is not related to sound. No. Uh, Columbia comes in with more of her weird 1920s vaudeville accent. And we find out why she was looking at Frank like a deranged person Mm -hmm. during Sweet Transvestite. That's right. Turns out Frank was with her before. And then he left her for Eddie, who he created. And then he Mm -hmm. killed Eddie because he had a new dude, Rocky, who he also created. Well, he didn't create Eddie. Did he not? No. So Eddie was Dr. Stott's nephew. Okay. And Eddie left and went awry. Okay. And then I think they picked him up. Okay. Um, and then we find out that Rocky has half of Eddie's brain. Oh, that's the cut across his front. Mm-hmm. Got it. So rather than deal with this crap, uh, Frank turns her to stone too. Yeah, he's done. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to talk to any of them. Yeah, smiling hurts him. Yeah, smiling hurts. Uh, maybe, maybe he made a mistake by splitting that brain between Eddie and Rocky. A rare I moment. I mean, I'd say so. Sorry? I'd say he did. Yeah, uh, yeah, a rare moment of self-doubt for this guy. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Then he gets yelled at by Magenta, who wants to go back home to Transylvania! <laughs> which is... The way she says it is great. I think that this is a made-up accent for made-up people. Probably. Uh, also, I guess she and Riff Raff are brother and sister, but also aliens. So maybe aliens are okay with that. Maybe that's an okay, but in humans, it's not. No, so in humans, it's definitely not. But I was discussing this with my partner. Uh-huh. And they recently read a book, which is about like alien species and stuff. Uh-huh. All of- and yeah, apparently in some alien species, incest, totally fine. You know, all those alien species we know about. We don't know about any, unfortunately. We don't know about any. I mean, I... But this book is very good. Sure. I don't know what book you're talking about, but it doesn't sound terribly accurate, even if it is good. I can't even remember the name of it, but it's a fiction. That's the mark of a good book, in my experience. I haven't read it. My partner (laughs) did. So, no time for plot. It's time for the floor show. The floor show! But first, more of this office dude telling us what just happened and what's about to happen again. Mm. Thank God he's here, or I wouldn't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't. I mean, this scene is very amusing to me. Yeah, there's a four. They they put the statues up on a stage there. Yeah, and I guess uh, it's just a burlesque show with the creepy clown makeup. Yeah, pretty much. And a song about how much they like sex. Yeah, they seem to like sex a lot. Been brainwashed. Uh, yep. Just gave it a real good scrubbing. Yeah. It culminates in a song by Frank about how much he agrees that, yes, he too thinks that sex is pretty rad. 
Oh, God. And they're in a pool now, which has a reproduction of God giving life to Adam from the Sistine Chapel ceiling at the bottom of the pool. It's a very small pool, but I also would like to know, why is it on a stage? Why is there a pool in a stage? Yeah, like, what is that? <laughs> I, it's, it's awesome is what it is, but like, you know how hard that it's would be amazing. to keep clean? Mm. Like you'd have to get into the crawl space underneath or open up the whole stage every day to clean that fucking... Oh, God. I wonder if it's actually a pool, like, in the castle. Yeah, I think it might be in a different place. Yeah, but they had to build the set around it. Yeah. So then they all have an orgy in the pool, I guess. A big old orgy. And then Dr. Scott is unstatued somehow, and miraculously his leg works now as he tries to escape and fails to do that. <gasps> What's up with that? His legs are just like, hello! Yeah, also he's wearing fishnet stockings and high heels now for reasons. Great touch. Yeah, reasons exist for why this is happening. Dude's got legs. Maybe he just likes to show yeah. them off. Maybe. Maybe he was wearing them this whole time. Maybe he That's doesn't actually need a wheelchair. Thing. Maybe he Probably. can just move his legs now. That doesn't happen. Yeah. No. But I don't know, aliens. Am I right? They fixed it. So, oh, okay, so they they look very cold. They look so cold. <laughs> this they whole were. So oh, God, like, I am an outdoorsman by train. Like, I used to do a lot of river trips and stuff. I know when the fuck I'm looking at hypothermia, and I'm looking very closely at some serious... Somebody's going to fall over. <laughs> Jesus. So, like the actors. Which they nearly do. They were very cold. They just kept recording. Oh, no. And that last dance scene where all they're all dancing, freezing wet. If you just look at they're, Janet alone, she looks she like is... she's about to fall over. Like I need. And apparently, she was actually sick that day. Oh no! Oh <laughs> so no! So it's just like she was. She was actually just cold in general. God damn! No, but like for I real, don't know if that's it, true, it, but I read that. It's obvious to me looking at it. Like her face is, her face is losing heat through makeup. It's. I know hypothermia when I see it, and they look like I need to put them in blankets right the fuck now. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're... Rocky Ugh. completely forgot the dance moves. Bless him. Uh, yeah, which actually I think adds to the character. I think. Oh, definitely. I actually don't know if he did it purposefully. Why would he know how to dance? True. Granted, he, why would he know how to anything? He's three hours old, but you know. Well, he's seven hours old now. Oh, that's true. It's been like a whole night, I guess, and uh, turns out. That uh, Riff Raff and Magenta arrive, and they're in super shiny clothes now, and holding a chrome thing. Giving me thing. space jam. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're holding a chrome pitchfork and thing, yeah. which I guess is some sort of ray gun, question mark. Mm -hmm. Turns out that Riff Raff is the new commander, and they're going home to Transylvania. Yeah. So by way of explanation, Frank and Columbia, uh, Frank has... Columbia aim a purple Fresnel at him, uh, which is definitely not what produces the purple light that we see on him because Fresnels don't make that kind of light. That mm -hmm. is just a spotlight from somewhere else. The movie's lying to me yeah. about lights, and I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe they didn't have the film, I don't know, the setup to do it right. That feels like a later cut where they were like, oh shit, we need a pickup. <laughs> Uh, yeah do we have a spotlight no how about that one audiences don't know light that's fine and to be fair we're two tech people looking at this so yeah all right <laughs> so here i i just watched this film with love in my eyes so uh yeah 
Yeah, that's one way to look at it with love. Yeah. Uh, here's a song about how we should all pity Frank and how it'll be real nice to go home. I love this song. I think he sings it beautifully. I think he sings it beautifully, but at this point, it's I'm so done with Frank. In a way that I love. I'm so done with Frank. Oh, everyone's done with Frank. I don't want to hear anything about his feelings. I don't care about his feelings. Why would I care about his feelings? <laughs> then an illusory audience oh. appears and then applauds and then disappears at the end of the song. Because he has gone delusional. He is mad. Yep. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, when they said, we are going home, quote, 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 uh, they didn't mm -hmm. mean Frank. They intend to kill him before uh, before they leave. Yeah. Say goodbye to all of this. And hello to oblivion. Oblivion. Question mark. Lines. He's not sure about it yet. <laughs> Why would you question market? Why would you up talk that? Jeez, I, this guy, I don't, is he doing this on purpose or has he had a stroke? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Because if he's had a stroke, I feel really bad for shitting on him. But if he hasn't, then I'm like, are, are you okay? I mean, I think with Riff Raff, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. That is not enough salt for me <laughs> to take that, but that's okay. I... This character is one of my favorites, I'd say, because his voice is just his voice I think is he my favorite voice. Everything. My voice, his voice is my favorite voice for sure. But he just shows up, says nonsense, and leaves again. <laughs> That's his job. I would want to be that character. You show up, do shit, and leave again. I yeah. mean, I think we've described every they don't know when I'm... person. That's so true. I, I. Yeah, I just want to walk into a room, do what I do. People kind of acknowledge my existence mm -hmm. and then leave and they don't know when they're going to see me again. So then uh, Riff Raff kills Columbia for reasons. And Well, they're done with her. And also she's human. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, kill all the humans. Yeah, basically. That's their thing. And then uh, Frank climbs the scenery because he doesn't want to die for some reason. Oh, the stunt double. Yeah. And he's shot down with some very special effects. I love the lasers because it's so bad, it's good. <sighs> it is. I think they were trying for bad and they achieved it. I don't know yeah. if it's so bad it's good, but they definitely achieved what they wanted. Yeah, the sounds especially. Oh god, the sounds. It's very, it's worse than Flash Gordon. Oh my god. So now Rocky is upset and carries his father slash lover to somewhere mm -hmm. as he's shot more and more of the very special effects, laser sound, red line things. And he climbs up this ladder shaped like a radio tower and then falls mm -hmm. into the pool. He does a King Kong. It, it becomes a King Kong. Yeah. Which I have seen. And if you've seen it recently, like the original one, it is super funny. Mm. I think I haven't seen the original recently. I haven't actually seen the new ones either. The new ones are fine. They're fine. They're okay. They're mm. movies. They're certainly movies. Yeah. So I wouldn't, if it's on, I'm not turning it off, but I'm not deciding to turn it on. Yeah. Uh, so time to leave now. They're about to teleport the whole castle Back to the planet of transsexual in the pla in the in the galaxy of Transylvania. 
Oh, mm. that's what that time warp song meant when they went to, or not, not the time warp, the one just after that. Yeah. So Frank was actually a transvestite and he's from a planet called transsexual. And then it's the Transylvania is not in Romania on earth. It's a galaxy. It's another galaxy called Transylvania. All right. I really hope there's some like scientist out there who loves this movie and just names and discovers a galaxy one day and just names it Transylvania. I think Romanians might have something to say about that. They will. He'll probably have to do like some weird number thing. I know people from there and like, uh, well, I know people from Bucharest who during the Soviet times had to work in a shoe factory out there. Mm. And they refer to it as fucking Dracula land. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that's a cool way to refer to anywhere, frankly, but they hated it. That's why I want to go there, though. I mean, I guess if you're being, if you're a university educated professor track person, then you're forced to work in a shoe factory. Then, yeah, Mm. that's going to be a little difficult to deal with. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Anyway, enough of real life stuff. But like, yeah, maybe there is a scientist who's a big fan of this movie for reasons, probably. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy, we're we're almost at the end. We don't have much to to go now. No. And uh, yeah, none of this. So Riff Raff and Magenta do the time warp again, again. Mm-hmm. And as they reuse some footage from earlier in the movie, Janet, Brad, and Scotty escape the house because it turns out that the, the humans aren't to be killed. It's just Columbia because she's a loose end, I guess. Yeah. And we can't have loose ends. What What about the sequel? <laughs> and And they escape the house just as the whole place rockets away, leaving them to sing a song about how much Brad is bleeding internally. Uh, and that's the most you know i don't know about you when i'm hemorrhaging internally that's the first thing i want to do is sing about how how i am definitely and uh i get what is janet singing about here more about like i guess i like sex now i just think yeah more of like who she actually is in a way oh i get that but she also seems sad about it or she's just injured can't tell which Oh, they're definitely all injured. Yep. And now uh, the the voiceover man doesn't know what any of this means, is the last bit of that song. That's what, Pretty that's much. That's what he says about meaning. Right there with you, buddy. <laughs> and at the end credits, we get the same song that we opened on science fiction, Double Future. It's actually a different song. Is it? It's so the chorus is the same, oh. but the verses are completely different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that at all because by the time of this, yeah. I was like, okay, that's the end credits. Are there? Any, I scanned around the the little. I saw this on a streaming service, and I scanned around the end, and I was like, is there a Marvel style post credits? No. Good. Done. That would be great. I don't have to watch any more of this. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Sam, what the fuck did you have me watch? So, the reason I love this movie... Yes, explain yourself. When I saw it when I I was young, it was almost the first thing I saw. One, people messing with gender. Two, queer people. And then I just loved musicals. 
I think that might be it, because I'm definitely not a queer person, and reasonably, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. That's okay. Mm. And also, so I, I never had the need for community in that way, or the need for representation in that way, mm-hmm. because I'm rep- I'm a straight white dude. I'm represented fucking everywhere. So that's great for me, I guess, and not great for people who aren't so much. So I, I guess that side of it... Uh, I didn't feel like I needed a movie to be my friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it became very important to me mm. in that way. Mm-hmm. And I loved the songs and the dancing. That was just fun to me because I was a theatre kid. Yeah, I'm um, not into musicals. Still am. Um, and then I found out it was actually a play first. Mm-hmm. So I kind of seeked out, okay, when can I see this on stage? Okay. I've seen it on stage now. I went to the movie screening of the 50th anniversary and saw oh, it. Wow. Um, yeah. And then obviously, as you know, I actually wrote my dissertation about this. You did. Yeah. Which um, is going to sound confusing to some people, seeing as I took sound engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I wrote about this is the perspective that this actually has an aspect of audience participation to it. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Um, so... When the movie came out, and obviously you're not a fan of it, but a lot of people found it very dull compared to the stage show in a way. Okay. So they started shouting things at the screen to make it more fun. So there's this one moment that I love um, before the narrator describes the thunderclouds, Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to shout, tell us about your balls. And then he goes, dark pendulous and heavy wow so when you see it on stage the narrator kind of comes this like fun person who interacts with the audience a lot because he waits to be shouted at because he knows it's going to happen wow um whenever brad's name is said you say asshole whenever janet's name is said you say slut um for dr scott i believe it's schadenfreude okay um, so there's a lot of audience interaction and my dissertation was based on, well, does this audience interaction affect the way the sound is incorporated in the theatre at all? Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what did you find? It was fun to write. I found that some people, even audience members, do find it very distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, the actors have kind of adapted to be used to it. Mm-hmm. But with the sound guys, they don't know what people are going to shout. I see. So the mics, it's very adaptable show. Yeah. You have to be adaptable with it. So you kind of have to just put mics on everyone and, you know, at a certain point, just open yeah. everything up. Yeah. And mm. I, I also looked into when um, they film the, like, the ones that you can stream. So the theater shows, do they mic the audience? I guess um, if it I were don't me, believe they do, would you, but I would. If it were me... I would want to see one or two shows before I did it and make my notes. I suspect that I would throw a record thing onto the... I don't think it needs to be there for the audience. I think the audience can hear it. But if I'm putting it out Mm. somewhere else, then I would mic the audience. Yeah. Well, when I saw it, you could kind of hear the audience. Um, I went to see it in the Odeon in Wimbledon. It was a live stream. Sure. So it was fun. And now they've made a new one with Fox. Okay. So there's another version there's another with version. different actors. Yeah. An updated one. Well, good thing they updated it. <laughs> yeah, good thing for that. I... And obviously just mm-hmm. 
Tim Curry makes me happy. He does make me happy. I like him in general. Yeah. I guess I didn't like this very much. I... And I feel bad saying that after you've just had given this glowing review about how much it meant to you as a young queer person and how <laughs> much it's important to people who have such different experiences to what I have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shitting on that. Of course not. I like that anybody likes anything. But yeah. I didn't like it very much. Uh, it None of it made any sense to me. I watched these things twice for the show, once just to watch it and experience, and the second time just to take notes, write jokes, make sure that I've covered everything, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I None of it made any sense either time. I didn't find any of the characters compelling, likable, or frequently even scrutable. I, yeah. There, nothing that they did seemed to be motivated by anything else. I don't know. I, like the the recap of the plot, as I understood it, Act One: Young couple seek help for a flat tire by using a phone. Like they need to use a phone. Act Two: Yeah, they hang out at a house for a while where cloning, sex, murder, and maybe also cannibalism happen for reasons that aren't explained. Yeah. Act Three: Turns out several of these people are aliens, and they leave. Like I, it's it's very weird. I. I'm a plot guy. I like things to follow from one thing to the next. I like things to make sense in a sort of vaguely sequential way. Mm-hmm. Brad and Janet at any time could just leave. They're not they prisoners could. here. They could just leave. They could go back to their car and try to fucking do something. They could go back to the main road and stand in the rain. Yeah. At certain points... It seems to me like they would be like, okay, that guy just killed a dude. Maybe we just leave now. Yeah, maybe we should uh, jet, like sneak out somehow. Or just leave. Just say, hey, listen, thanks for the hospitality. We're actually going to leave now. Don't worry about the phone. Thanks very much. Yeah. They could just do that. And like, maybe what happens if they do do that? Maybe Frank doesn't want that to happen. And then he actually kept like, I would prefer that. But they are not interested in making sense, I guess. I would love to tell you that there is... You made a joke earlier. Um, There is a sequel. Oh, no. Richard O'Brien did write another show. Why is there a sequel, Sam? I have watched it. Um, And the thing is, it's none of the same actors apart from Richard O'Brien, Little Nell, and Patricia Quinn. So I guess the aliens have come back to Earth. Oh, okay. Um, Let me find the name of it, because this is how much uh, I'm not even that into it. No. So it's called Shock Treatment. Okay. It's supposed to be a follow-up, but I've watched it in excitement of maybe it being one, and I didn't get it. Yep. Apart from the fact that there's a young couple called Brad and Janet. Mm. And, yeah. I I guess uh, what I have to keep reminding myself of is that this was made in 1975, which was such a different time. And I guess probably nothing like this existed. It, It... it shocked people. Mm. It scared people. It did. Yeah, I'm... But it also helped people. Well, this is the part where I'm like, I respect the fact that it has historical importance. I mm-hmm. I respect people who needed something like this in the 70s, 80s, whatever, right? I am yeah. coming at this from 2020. And mm-hmm. <laughs> am I really going to make this fucking joke? I'm coming at this with... 2020 vision (laughs) (sighs) Fuck! you had to do it solid solid dad joke there god i'm both proud and ashamed of that joke 
So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm coming at this from here. I myself am in my mid thirties and that makes me sort of a child of the nineties, right? I was growing up in the nineties mm-hmm. and this kind of like edgelord, uh, edgy for the sake of being edgy shit was everything in the nineties, right? Less about the sex maybe, but certainly mm-hmm. about the sort of the ultra violence and stuff. That was just like any Smashing Pumpkins record. Let's recall all of the fucking edgelord bullshit from the 90s. That was legitimately cool at the time, right? Yeah. It was. It was I mean, I don't know. You're a lot younger than me. So like, uh, what what is your impression I of the 90s? I would have been very little in the 90s. You're sort of more 2000s kid, eh? I am. Yeah. But I love 90s stuff. It, it, there's no getting around it. It's very edgelord. Yeah. But it was cool. That was what it was at the time. So because that's my cultural frame, I look at something like this and it both doesn't feel terribly edgy and also feels like they think they're being edgier than they are. But 1975, maybe they were actually being as edgy as 90s stuff felt to me. Yeah, I would say so, Mm. because like you said, it's in the 70s. Like this would have shocked a lot of people. But nowadays... We have a mainstream show about drag. Like, we have RuPaul's Drag Race, which is now a worldwide thing. Uh. Um, but back then, a man in drag? Wow. I guess people would have known like, it happens. Oh, definitely. People would have known about well, like it. Like, in the way that, like, a stand-up comedian in the vein of, like, hey, look at those fucking weird people. Let's laugh at them. Mm. That's the sort of yeah. exposure they'd get from it. But, you know, uh, yeah, I guess in that sense, I respect it. But uh, I'm not I'm, the show here is about what is my experience as a contemporary dude, having not grown up with it, having not seen it and trying mm-hmm. to expose myself to different perspectives. So I do respect everything about it. I, I don't think I'm equipped to understand the exact emotional need that people feel when they approach a movie yeah. something like this. So. Maybe I'm not capable of understanding it, but I can certainly respect that people do feel that this fills a need for them. Yeah, I do recommend to anyone listening to this, go see it on stage. Mm. Is that like the best way to do it? Oh, 100%. Mm. Seeing it on stage in its rawest form, that's where it was born. Mm. It was a stage show first. Um, It's the opposite of Hairspray, where the stage show is actually worse than the movie. This The stage show is beyond amazing. Mm. Um, if you can't see it on stage, there is um, a vi- a filming of the 50th anniversary. Okay, so you can get like a filming of the, the 40th an- the 40th anniversary. Yeah. There's a filming of it, and it's David Bedella mm. playing um, Frank Conferta, and he does an amazing job. Neat. He's an amazing Broadway actor, and Richard O'Brien actually comes back. Okay, and does the narrator. That's fun. I like him. So it, I would recommend watching that the, to get a feel of the stage show. I think the character show. is pointless. I think he's great. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, look again, uh, looking for silver linings here, I mostly found it confusing and kind of gross in a bunch of ways and kind of problematic in mm-hmm. a bunch of areas, which made me just feel uncomfortable more than anything. The one most compelling mm-hmm. part to me was when Frank kills Eddie quite suddenly, which, again, yes. I thought like, oh, shit, this is going to be a turning point. This is where we're going to get into some heavy bullshit or something like this. I wonder what's going to happen next. I'm I'm super tense now. How are they going to react to this character being this crazy murderer man? And the answer is they don't react at all. 
They don't. It's like they're not phased by it. It's not even a, they don't understand or they didn't see it or no. they weren't there or, but they were there. We just saw them look at the, that's the, no, nobody seems to react to anything that happens. That's, I think, what makes no. it weird to me. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe from the moment you step in that castle, you are brainwashed. Maybe, but it's treated as like awkward more than horrifying. Yeah. Which is weird because as an audience member, I'm kind of horrified and it almost feels tone deaf to what the audience should be expected to feel in those moments. You mm-hmm. see what I'm I can't be alone in that. I think so. I definitely whenever I rewatch it, I see the problematic moments in mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think because of my experience with it as a young person, yeah. I'll always, it will always be in my heart. Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, I mean, this is where also like, I feel like I ought to like it. Like there's pressure on me to like it. Oh no. I, I completely understand that people don't like mm-hmm. it. Like I'm the only one in my family really who likes it. Good. I mean, um, like I don't hate it. I don't hate that I watched it. I just don't feel the need mm, to see it again. Right. Yeah. Like I'm. I saw it a thing. I understand what's up now, kind of. Probably I don't actually understand, but I understand enough to be like, okay, this is not for me, and it's not made for... Like, maybe it's that's what it is. It's not... I'm not the expected audience. I'm not the demographic. Yeah. So... That could be it. Maybe. And that's okay. I'm glad that people are making anything of any quality all the time, because, you know, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Also, some of the performances, just brilliant. Yeah. The, Tim Curry. Tim is, Tim is phenomenal. So Tim is so good. And he played the original Frank. Uh, so on the he stage did show, the original mean? stage show. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he did the original stage show. He was the first Frank, and they were like, we want you to do the film. And he was like, yeah. And that was his first film. And then look at all the work he's accomplished since then. It is kind of great. Yeah. 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 I guess without this, we don't in, have Tim Curry. So I'm cer- I'm certainly thankful for that. Susan Sarandon, mm. and also in the excellent. New one, he's the new writer. Oh, Susan Sarandon's amazing. I thought her performance was that middle ground between far too theatrical, dramatic for screen mm. and not quite emotional enough. But she seems to react to the stuff that happens to her and around her a lot more than a lot of the other characters or actors. Yeah. Uh, Rocky is just like, he doesn't know how to act. Fun fact about the actor who plays Rocky. Yeah. Does he know how to act? His name is, um, no, his name is Peter Hinwood, okay. and he is now an antiques dealer in England. So you can just buy a desk from this man. <laughs> yeah, I would totally go in there and be like, can you sign my Rocky Horror Picture Show record? I wonder how often that happens. I I would love to know. I don't know where his shop is. Oh. Um, But yeah, he became an antiques dealer. I'm glad he found something to to occupy himself that's fun to him. That sounds really fun. Yeah. But like, let's be clear. When you say he's a male model who also was just in the movie. Yeah, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally believe that this guy was just a bodybuilder. Though a few times there's looks and like I could see if, if he had decided to pursue screen acting, I could see him getting good at it. I think so. And when I read an article about him, it said he was an aspiring actor. Like he did modeling mm. and stuff like that and then became an aspiring actor. Yeah, it's, I feel like I'm watching a dude in his first or second movie and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get good somehow, right? But that's what it feels like yeah. watching him. He feels fresh in that way of he hasn't learned his own body language yet. Yes. 
Which, you know, like, again... Which totally works for the character. Exactly right. Here, it's perfect. And yeah. there's some really... Let's give props to the casting department who are like, okay, we need somebody who moves real weird. All right, how about a dude who doesn't know how to be on screen? They'll move weird. The casting did great on this because I read that um, like Richard specifically wanted a motorcycle type guy for Eddie. Uh-huh. Um, and they got Meatloaf, who can't actually ride a motorcycle, so that was also a stunt double. Yeah, and then there was one scene I think... where it was clearly not a motorcycle. Oh, it's a wheelchair. Yeah. He just sort of wheels it's... this fucking like shopping yeah. cart with a, with a piece of plastic on it. <laughs> it's quite it's, lovely. It's, I, I, it's yeah, it's that kind of amateur dramatics that I am looking for in a movie. <laughs> I get the amateur dramatics. Uh, I think this might be what it is, because some of the stuff is perfect movie sets and set design and costume design and everything's great. And then occasionally you get something like, and this is made with a paper plate. Mm-hmm. And the it's jarring in that way. I wonder if it would be better. I mean, better. Look, it's the longest running fucking movie in the goddamn world or something, isn't it? Like, I I feel like I'm telling a, mo- a super yeah. successful thing how to be better. And like, come on now. Like, who the fuck am I? But at the same time. I mean, every Halloween there's screenings that you can go to. Like, In terms of feel. It's a big thing. I think I, I agree with you. I prefer it when they're embracing the amateurness of it. Mm-hmm. But it does play well on screen when it's sort of this set could have been out of Star Wars not star wars star trek that's what i mean like the red everywhere like they just found a warehouse and painted half of it red and then put some pink lights everywhere the pink lab is um i love it it's so obnoxiously gray and the ramp and the statues seriously props to the set team because the statues they make of the characters i think when they get medusa i think those are just plaster casts they I are, think those are just they're amazingly done. They're very well made. I agree. I feel bad for the actors for having to stand like that. Yeah, that's going to take that takes a while and is not comfortable. Yep. No. Ugh. But yeah, it's uh I guess there's also like quite a lot of nudity for a 70s movie in this. Yeah, like, there's there is. quite a few sort of nipple slips that are maybe intentional, who knows? The, well, in the floor show, in the orgy scene, I mean, you've just got boobs out everywhere. Yeah, I guess that's also true, eh? So... Wait, do you? I th- I saw yeah. this on a streaming service. You reckon they cut some of that? Because they were all closed Definitely. from what I could tell. Um. So, no, Little Nell, her corset is, like, just below her nipples. Oh, okay. Susan Sarandon has her boobs fully out. Huh. I guess I didn't so, notice yeah. that. That's weird. That seems like the sort of thing I'd normally notice yeah nudity is high in this film huh yeah i guess in the 70s they didn't like it when people looked like people yeah that person possesses a body let's not look at it whereas now it's like cool yeah you reckon it's fine. you reckon it's like just fine now or is it now like expected that if you're an actor you must disrobe I don't think it's expected because I think some actors have it in their contract. I think if you're smart, so it depends you who they're signed with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. But then you got the Game of Thrones. With like, oh, never watched it. You've never seen. I think you'd like it. It's it's interesting how it's like 
not that gratuitous most of the time because it's there is a plot reason why this is happening or it is yeah. there to characterize someone and it does it quite efficiently but yeah it's uh, I, just, I think you'd like it it's good i'm one of those people where it's like oh it's a bit too hyped yeah i mean anybody who tells you it's the best fucking thing in the world is maybe they really liked it fine but yeah i'm gonna say mm. it's good tv Okay. It's good TV. I recommend it. I only saw the first season and a half, though, so maybe it gets better or worse later. I liked the season one. It was all right. It was good TV. I mean, good TV to me is old school Crystal Maze. It's not that, is what it's... Uh, don't <laughs> I go know in expecting that. that. I, I would warn you against expecting a, a 90s uh, British game show where people didn't win anything but solved puzzles anyway. I mean, I love that show. It was a good show. It has it like Richard O'Brien. That's true. Was this also the same guy? Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, was it? it? Up. So that's Richard a, that's why I recognized him then. Richard okay. O'Brien, the host of Crystal Maze, plays Riffraff. I Raff knew. I knew I recognized this man. Wrote Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, on that note, I think uh, unless there's anything you'd like to add at the end of the episode. I don't think so. Just that, please go see it on stage or watch the mm. recorded one. Fabulous. Now, you have started an Etsy store, is that right? I have indeed, yes. So where do we find that and where do we buy stuff from you and what um, do you make? So it's on Etsy. It's called Killy Crafts. Um, but as you found out, sometimes finding things on Etsy is a bit tricky for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, so if you go to my Instagram, which is also just Killy Crafts, and Crafts is spelt with a K. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a link there as well. I've got like some jewelry up at the moment and a few Halloween bits, but I'm planning to make some more stuff in the near future. Ooh, spooky Halloween bits. Yes. That's the best kind of Halloween bits. Yes, definitely. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at one for Paul. Tell me what you think of Rocky Horror Picture Show and whether I was wrong in my opinions, because that's sort of what Twitter's for now. Yeah, uh, you can also go to my Patreon if you'd like to throw me a couple of bucks a month, or maybe just uh, subscribe for one month. Throw me a couple of bucks and uh, help me keep the show going, because it helps out in uh, paying costs like the movies and uh, all the rest of the stuff that I have to buy and do for the show. And uh, I could really use your support, fellas. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. They aren't wrong. But they're ruining tradition. I don't have been inducted into this.